When Jesus asked the disciples to pray for workers to be sent out into the harvest, they did. And God answered their prayer by leading 12 of them to become apostolic workers in the harvest. This morning we see Jesus instructing them before sending them out on a short-term mission, but with a long-term commitment. Picking up our study in Matthew's Gospel, we're in chapter 10, ready for verses 5 through 15. These twelve Jesus sent out after instructing them, saying, Do not go in the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter any of the city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of God is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you received, freely give. Do not acquire gold or silver or copper for your money belts, or a bag for your journey, or even two tunics or sandals or a staff. The worker is worthy of his support. And into whatever city or village you enter, inquire who is worthy in it, and abide there until you go away. And as you enter the house, give it your greeting. And if the house is worthy, let your greeting of peace come upon it. But if it's not worthy, let your greeting of peace return to you. And whoever does not receive you, nor heed your words, as you go out of that house or that city, shake off the dust of your feet. Truly I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Now, this is not the Great Commission. You know, after the apostles would finish their training and Jesus would complete his work on earth and be ready to return to the Father, he would commission them to go out and make disciples of all nations, beginning in Jerusalem and then expanding into all of Judea and then Samaria and eventually into the remotest part of the earth. But for now, their mission was limited in scope. They weren't to take the road north to Tyre and Sidon. They weren't to head east to Nicopolis or south to Samaria. They were to stay in Galilee and go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. They were to go to their Jewish brethren and declare that the kingdom of heaven was at hand, that the Messianic kingdom was about to be established. And they were to confirm their message. The same way Jesus had been doing so. They were to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. They were given the authority to do what the Messiah would do as his official representatives, his apostles. And they were to do so freely. They weren't to withhold the gifts they'd been given. They were to express them openly and freely. And they weren't to be overly concerned about material provisions. They weren't to worry about filling up their money belts before they began, or packing extra clothes, or buying new sandals, or carving a new walking stick. This was to be a short-term mission 
lasting only a few weeks, and they weren't going far. Now, the day would come when Jesus would tell them to make adequate provision, to take their purse and bag, and to even buy a sword. They would be set out on a lifelong mission, going to distant lands and entering hostile environments. But for now, they were going on a short-term mission among their own people. And they should be able to find support wherever they went. Not that everyone would be supportive and willing to provide for their needs, but, but some would. When entering a city or village, they were to look for a host who was worthy of their visit, and they were to stay there, content with the provisions they could provide. They weren't to keep looking for a better place to stay and risk hurting the feelings of their host. And a worthy house could be identified by the response of their greeting of peace. If their greeting was received and appropriate response was offered, their greeting of peace was to remain on that house. They were to stay there and share with them the good news about the coming kingdom. If it wasn't, if they weren't welcomed and they weren't given an opportunity to share the message they'd been commissioned to bring, they were to just leave. They were to shake the dust off their feet, as a Jew would do when leaving Gentile territory, and let God deal with them for their lack of hospitality and unbelief. Briefly stated, that was the instruction given to the apostles before sending them out on a short-term mission. He wasn't, however, finished talking to them. And it gets a little confusing when we read this because the flow seems a bit confusing. Those were the instructions. He's not done talking. He went on to make it clear that as his apostles, even though they're being sent out on a short-term mission, were making a long-term commitment to him. A commitment that would one day be tested. Let's read on. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the courts and scourge you in their synagogues. And you shall even be brought before governors and kings for my sake, as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not become anxious about how or what you will speak, for it shall be given you in that hour what you're to speak. For it is not you who speak, but it is the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. And brother will deliver up brother to death, and a father, his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all on account of my name. But it is the one who has endured to the end who will be saved. Whenever they persecute you in this city, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you shall not finish going through the cities of Israel until the Son of Man comes. That's kind of scary information. And there's no indication 
that the apostles encountered that kind of opposition on their short-term mission. But their short-term mission would help prepare them for a long-term commitment to ministry in which they would find opposition and persecution. One day they would be sent out as sheep in the midst of wolves. And they would need to be as shrewd as serpents and as innocent as doves. They would need to be as clever and observant of their surroundings as a serpent that knows when to strike and when to flee. But they weren't to become so calculating that they would refuse to go into places of danger if need be. They were to balance out their shrewdness with the innocence, even the naivete of a love, of a dove, so they would be willing to go anywhere God might send them. And they would find themselves in some very interesting places and predicaments. They would be betrayed by their Jewish brethren, hauled before the Sanhedrin, and even scourged in their synagogues. They could also be brought before Gentile governors and kings and given the opportunity to testify of their faith in Christ. And in those circumstances, the Holy Spirit would give them the words they would need. They wouldn't be on their own, even though Jesus would no longer be physically available for counsel and help. The Holy Spirit would be there. And they could rely on Him for help and comfort. And they would need it because their own families would turn against them. Now, the gospel divides even families. Those who accept it and share it eventually discover they are alienated from all who refuse to accept it and are therefore condemned by it. History is replete with examples of brothers turning in brothers, knowing that to do so would condemn them to death, and of parents doing the same to their children and children to their parents. Jesus will have more to say about this and his instructions and warnings as, as they continue. He wants them to understand that as his apostles, they should expect rejection, even hatred. But they couldn't let that stop them. They would have to endure to the end. They couldn't walk away from their commitment to Christ and expect to be saved. Now, if persecution got to be too much in one city, they might need to exercise the prudence of a serpent and flee, but not from their ministry, simply to another city. Besides, they really couldn't stay long in any one city because they had a lot of cities to visit. They would have a lot of cities to visit. And Jesus even told them that they wouldn't finish going through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man came. Now, we've got to stop there a minute because that last statement is a bit problematic. You know, what did Jesus mean by that? What exactly is he referring to? when he speaks about the coming of the Son of Man in that particular instance. Now, if, as we might first assume, he was referring to the second coming, he was mistaken <laughs> because he hasn't come back yet. Obviously, we can therefore rule out interpreting this as a reference 
to the second coming. Now, there are a lot of alternatives offered. But of those offered, the one that seems to make the most sense to me is that this is a reference to the Son of Man bringing judgment on the unbelieving cities he's sending them out into. And Jesus did bring judgment to the cities. He brought judgment to Jerusalem in 70 A.D., using the Roman armies to do so. The city and the temple were destroyed, and the Jewish nation ceased to exist. The priesthood and the sacrificial system had been fulfilled in Jesus and his sacrifice. And the Jews who refused to acknowledge him as the Messiah, who rejected the message the apostles had been sent to deliver, were left with nothing. Now again, Jesus will have even more to say to his disciples before sending them out. But we're going to stop there covered some material that relates to the past. We need to find a way to give that application to our life. What does what we've just read have to do about us and our call to serve Christ, to be workers in the harvest, to be involved in ministry? I think we've got to stop and think, how does that apply to me? Well, I think the first thing we ought to note is that as workers in the harvest, we need to be willing to make a long-term commitment, a commitment that will see us even through the hard times and the disappointments and the failures. And we better prepare for rejection, to be misunderstood, even persecuted by organized religion, by government, by our own church, by our own families. We must be willing to remain faithful unto death if we expect to receive the crown of life. Christ calls us to a lifetime commitment, bottom line. But having said that, I think this teaches us that we can look at some ministries as short-term missions. You know, when Jesus sent the twelve out to preach to the lost sheep of Israel living in Galilee, it was a short-term mission. It had a limited objective, and it required only minimal preparation and provisions. And they entered into it with realistic Expectations, having been told beforehand that some would accept them and respond to their ministry and others would reject them completely. I think it may be helpful for us to approach ministries in the church in a similar way. You know, sometimes we're afraid to volunteer to do anything in the church because we're afraid of failure or we're afraid... It's a lifetime commitment. (laughs) And sometimes it turns out to be just that. You know, it's wonderful when someone finds a ministry so fulfilling that they keep it for years. And we've had many in our church who have done just that. We have elders who have served as such for over 20 years. 
and teachers and sponsors who I'm sure come close to that. And I have no idea how long Shar has been in charge of our children's Sunday school and our we worship. You know, Scott's been heading our praise team for nearly 10 years. And Bonnie's been accompanying us on the piano since moving here in the 80s. Burl's prepared communion, Jack's made coffee, and Dave and Rhonda have picked up our donuts for years. And some have worked in the nursery so long that the babies they diapered are now helping them care for little ones. (laughs) And I could go on, but you get the idea. Some take on a ministry and keep it for years. And obviously, from an administrative point of view, we love it when someone takes on a particular ministry and stays with it. But I don't want you to think that every time you say yes, you're accepting a lifetime sentence. It's okay to accept an assignment on a short-term basis. Take We Worship for a month. Sign up to work in the nursery once a month for six months. Visit a children's Sunday school class and offer to assist or become an assistant or a substitute teacher. Let Dave know that you're willing to at least try to offer a communion meditation or pray at the table. You know, you might find that God can use you effectively in a different ministry, a new ministry, and you might continue doing so. Or you may find that your gifts can be better utilized somewhere else. Don't be afraid to try something. And don't be afraid to give something up. Sometimes people hang on to stuff so long they become embittered. And they're afraid to disappoint, so they just disappear. Our lifetime commitment is to Christ and to serving Him. It's not necessarily to a particular ministry. We need to give each other the liberty to experiment to be involved in different ministries and to change ministries without feeling like we've let someone down. Again, our commitment is to Christ and to being workers in the kingdom, not necessarily to one particular job in the kingdom. Christ asked his disciples to pray to the Lord of the harvest. Because the harvest is plentiful and workers are few. And there's a lot that needs to be done within the church and outside the walls of the church to bring people to Christ and to nurture them in Christ. We are to therefore beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. And as you're praying for workers, Make sure God knows you are willing to be an answer to that prayer. Commit yourself to going where he wants you to go. Doing what he wants you to do. And being what he wants you to be. 
that may entail trying something you've never done before. And you may discover He can use you in ways and in places you never even thought about. But if something doesn't work out, just let Him know you're willing to try something else. Amen? Let's stand.